This is the LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast. Litigation news stories from recent issues of LexisNexis Mealy's publications. Current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. LexisNexis Podcasts, voted top legal-oriented podcast in a 2008 ABA Journal Blog 100, the annual reader survey of the best websites for lawyers, as chosen by the editors of the ABA Journal. The Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals on August 19th reversed the conviction of former Brocade Communications Systems Chief Executive Officer Gregory Reyes for falsifying corporate books and records related to a backdating scheme. The circuit court said the prosecution presented material facts to the jury it knew were false and remanded the case for a new trial. The Ninth Circuit also affirmed the jury's conviction of Stephanie Jensen, former vice president of Human Resources, but remanded for sentencing, stating that her sentence included, quote, an obstruction of justice enhancement for which reprehensibility lay primarily with Jensen's lawyer. In 2006, the government filed charges against Reyes in the Northern District of California for securities fraud, falsification of corporate books and records, and violations of related statutes and regulations related to the brocade backdating scheme. The jury found Reyes guilty and be was sentenced to 21 months imprisonment and a $15 million fine. Jensen was found guilty of falsifying and aiding and abetting the falsification of books, records, and accounts, along with conspiracy to falsify books. The Ninth Circuit said a key issue at trial was whether Reyes thought that backdated transactions were properly accounted for by the Finance Department. The panel found that evidence showed Finance Department executives were aware of the scheme and that the prosecutor told the jury that they were not, even though he was aware of the evidence. The California Attorney General reached an agreement with synthetic turf manufacturer AstroTurf on August 17th that requires the company to pay $170,000 in civil penalties and virtually eliminate lead from its artificial grass, creating the nation's first enforceable lead standards for such turf products. In 2008, Attorney General Edmund Brown sued AstroTurf and two other firms alleging the turf contained excessive levels of lead. Under the agreement reached on August 17th, AstroTurf will reformulate its products so they contain less than 100 parts per million of lead, with lead levels reduced to 50 parts per million by June of next year. Lab tests revealed that some AstroTurf products contained more than 5,000 parts per million of lead. The manufacturer will also provide a grant of $60,000 to the Public Health Trust to fund testing of dislodgeable lead on artificial turf fields at daycare centers, schools, and public playing fields in California. AstroTurf is also required to mail a warning to all customers who purchased its products in California in the past five years. The warning will inform customers that the turf products they bought contain lead and explain good maintenance practices and advise them of the availability of the program to test and replace old turf products. The California Supreme Court on August 3rd held a privacy claim filed by two employees whose supervisor installed a hidden camera in their office may not proceed to trial. The state high court found the surveillance was limited and justified by the employer's safety concerns. Plaintiffs Abigail Hernandez and Maria Jose Lopez shared an office at a residential facility for abused and neglected children. A surveillance camera and a motion detector were installed in the office to try to catch whoever was using the computers at night to access pornography. The facility's director did not tell the women about the camera because he thought they might inadvertently tell the person he was trying to catch. After the women discovered the camera, they asked to view the surveillance tape. They claimed the tape they were shown contained scenes of their empty office. 
The women sued the facility and its director, alleging invasion of privacy and intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress. The Los Angeles Superior Court ruled for the facility. An intermediate appellate panel, though, reversed the trial court in part, finding that the mere placement of the surveillance equipment on a shelf in the women's office itself invaded their privacy. The Court of Appeals found it allowed the defendants or anyone with access to the storage room to activate the surveillance system at any time without the plaintiff's knowledge, thus at least presenting the possibility of unwanted access to private data about the plaintiffs. Reversing the Court of Appeal, the High Court said although Hernandez and Lopez had no reasonable expectation that their employer would intrude so tangibly into their semi-private office, the surveillance was limited in nature to the overnight hours when the plaintiffs were gone, and no information about the plaintiffs was accessed, gathered, or disclosed. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Michael Lefkowitz. The state high court on August 12th denied a motion to rehear its decision that Proposition 64 does not require reliance in unfair competition law cases. Willard Brown and others sued numerous tobacco manufacturers in San Diego County Superior Court in a putative class action brought under the state's unfair competition law and Consumer Legal Remedies Act. The defendants were granted summary adjudication on some of Brown's claims, but he was allowed to proceed with his UCL class claims that the tobacco companies had made false and misleading statements about the health hazards and addictiveness of smoking and their targeting of minors. After Prop 64 was enacted, the defendant successfully moved to decertify the class. The 4th District Court of Appeal affirmed. On May 18th, though, the California Supreme Court reversed, saying nothing in the initiative's language or the ballot materials supports the idea of class-wide reliance on Section 17200 claims. In its June petition for rehearing, Philip Morris argued the court, quote, fails to address the overwhelming federal authority holding that Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 23 requires that the absent class members must share the same standing as the class representatives. A federal jury in San Francisco on August 5th issued a $57.8 million verdict in a patent infringement case involving medical products. Medtronic Incorporated alleged that certain AGA Medical Corporation medical products infringed on certain patents owned by Medtronic. A federal judge agreed with the motion picture industry on August 11th that a product designed to allow consumers to copy their DVDs to their own personal computers for later playback is a violation of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act as well as a breach of contract with the DVD Copy Control Association. Northern District of California Judge Marilyn Hall Patel granted DVD Copy Control Association and the movie studios a preliminary injunction barring plaintiffs' real networks and subsidiary real networks home entertainment from introducing their product to the market until the case was resolved. The judge said the studios made an adequate showing that real DVD was created for the purpose of circumventing the content scramble system. The judge said, quote, the unauthorized access infringes the studio's rights because it entails accessing content without the authority of the copyright holder. Upholding a lower court, a divided Ninth Circuit held August 5th that by intentionally copying another law firm's website that placed it in direct competition in the same practice area, a San Diego area law firm expressly aimed its infringing conduct at the Northern District of California. Even though Recordon and Recordon contended it targeted its website toward potential clients in Southern California, the appeals court majority found this to be irrelevant because by copying law firm Brayton Purcell's site to compete with it in the specific field of elder abuse law, Recordone individually targeted Brayton, a Northern California resident. 
Thus, the majority concluded that Recordome purposely availed itself of jurisdiction in the Northern District of California. A job search website company alleges in an August 6th unfair competition law action in Los Angeles Superior Court that a competitor, quote, mounted a vicious smear campaign, falsely claiming that the business is a scam. A. Harrison Barnes operates EmploymentScape.com, the parent company of more than 100 job search websites, employment services, recruiting firms, online employment news magazines, and student loan companies. Barnes alleges that Robert Kinney, the founder and president of competing business Kinney Recruiting, has used fake and anonymous names to post at ripoffreport.com, that Barnes, quote, is a master at shading the truth, a master at manipulating people, and that he is cooking the books at his company. Further, Barnes alleges that Kinney claims Barnes schemes and commits unethical business practices and is a fraudster who steals data. Barnes alleges that Kinney has a personal vendetta against him dating to 2004, when Barnes fired Kinney after he admitted taking kickbacks while both were employed at another company. Barnes alleges libel, unfair competition under California Business and Professions Code Section 17200, and intentional interference with prospective economic relations. For LexisNexis Legal News, I'm Mike Butler. Federal judge on August 6th granted final approval to a $10 million settlement between Abbott Laboratories and purchasers who alleged that Abbott unlawfully raised the wholesale price of its patented HIV drug Norver in an attempt to restrict competition in the market for protease inhibitors. U.S. Judge Claudia Wilkin of the Northern District of California approved the settlement, which provides that the funds, less attorney fees and costs, will be distributed to charities involved in the treatment and prevention of HIV and AIDS. The settlement follows the Ninth Circuit ruling on July 7th dismissing monopoly leveraging claims against Abbott. An Eastern District of California judge on August 14th found borrowers failed to properly state a number of claims or make the claims within the statute of limitations in alleging that their lender, Countrywide Home Loans, violated state and federal lending, credit, and business laws when it failed to provide them with the necessary closing documents on an adjustable rate mortgage loan they purchased. Judge Anthony Ishii dismissed a rescission claim with leave to amend because the borrowers failed to provide the proper notice of rescission within the three-year statute of limitations. As to a Truth in Lending Act claim, the judge found dismissal with leave to amend proper because the claim was time-barred and not subject to equitable tolling. If you'd like more information on these and other California cases, visit www.lexisnexus.com forward slash mealies or totallitigator.com. LexisNexis Legal News California is written by the editors of Mealy Publications, current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. The LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast, copyright 2009 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated. LexisNexis, total practice solutions. I'm Steve Bursler. Thanks for listening.